Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I explore the world of geocaching. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also follow Geo Adventures on Buy Me a Coffee for a behind the scenes look on every episode. That's one word G E O Adventures. It's free to follow, or you can become a member and unlock exclusive posts and information. Your memberships go a long way for helping support the podcast and are greatly appreciated. Hi, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and with me today is fellow geocacher Dan Monroe. Dan, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you, Amy. To start off, can you tell me what is your geocaching name and how did you get started geocaching? Uh, my geocaching name is T. Monroe's. Um, back in 2008, I was training for uh, my black belt in Taekwondo, uh, and some other student I was training with uh, showed me a cache that was right near the door of my training facility. I walked past probably hundreds of times. It was in plain sight, but when she showed me that, I just blended in. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And after that, I was hooked. That's neat. It was right there all along, and you had yeah, no clue. Right there by the door. Just painted like a, a pipe next to the door. Like, no. All right. And you've been geocaching ever since. Yeah. 26 countries, 49 states later. Wow. What's the one missing state? Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> yes. There's a mingo trip in the future sometime. Definitely. I've got that on my uh, geocaching to-do list too, one of these days. <laughs> so we're here today to talk about EmberQuest, which it's it's a lot of things. It's a series, a geo art, and I think my favorite part is a video game all wrapped up into one. Yeah. And this is the first that I've seen a video game aspect like this for a geocache. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, yeah, I've seen lots of other you know, games and puzzles online, but, but I always want to do something bigger. So um, being the, being the uh, developer I am, I worked for, in, for uh, in JavaScript. I've been doing JavaScript for over 20 years. Uh, so I was experimenting with a new version of JavaScript, uh, a new framework. And I thought, yeah, I could do this and geocaching at the same time. Uh, so I decided to do something like this. So did you have the idea of the video game first and then it wrapped up into geocaching or were you maybe seeking for a way to tie some kind of programming aspect to geocaching? Well, actually, I was experimenting with a new version of the uh, Ember.js, the framework I was working on. And uh, there was a call for speakers to do a conference. And I thought, hey, this would be cool. A good opportunity to uh, you know, show I can write a, write a game and so I thought, what kind of game can I write? Oh, I'm, I've already written another uh, series of caches uh, called GeoQuest. Uh, so I thought, maybe I can do another game in, with geocaching. Uh, so that was, that was fun. So you had the video game idea first, and then you came up with the idea for a series and a geo art tied together? Uh, right. So I, my other series as, that I wrote in 2009 is, is like a text-based game, like Zork. Have you ever heard of Zork? Yeah, uh, but it only had five caches, and you you know you found these five puzzles in the game, and you went out in the real world and found five. So I wanted to do something bigger. So I thought, you know, 
do something epic, do a visual game. Uh, I like RPG, so uh, let's do an RPG, have like 30 or so caches in there, a uh, real big world. And then, and trying, I thought, hey, 30 caches, I can do a geo art with that. So I uh, also did a geo art at the same time. So tell us how these all relate together. Obviously, there's the theme. But can you give right. us a little bit more detail? Uh, sure. Um, like as as far as like uh, the game and the geo art go together, or yeah, how do how do they tie together? Well, in my area, there's not many geo arts, and it's pretty. There's a lot of caches, so finding space for a geo art in central Ohio, uh, I couldn't do something huge like some people do. Uh, kudos to the people who do huge pieces of art. It's a lot of work to put a geo art together. I didn't know it more than I knew. Anyways, uh, I thought, okay, what kind of what kind of art can I do in this limited space? Uh, well, you know, I tried the typical stars and stuff. That, that's kind of boring for me, but I need something related to my game. So I made a sword, geo art, and that kind of relates to like the RPG. Okay, I'm a hero. I'm using my sword to go out and find these, fight these villains. Uh, so that's how I kind of related the, the game and the geo art together. So the game and the geo art, how do you use the game to find the geocaches? Okay. Well, um, a little background about the game. Uh, it's a, it's a, like a, it's a role-playing game, fancy role-playing game. Uh, maybe getting ahead of myself here, but uh, anyways, you, in, in, in the game, you saw these puzzles and stuff. Uh, I can talk about more of the game later or now if you want. Uh, we can talk about it now. I've I've been playing the game. I have There's, found I'm I'm still trying to find two. I have found all but two in that game. <laughs> I'm determined to find I, them. Well, all. I can help you out with that. Anyways, <laughs> about the game, it's a, like a it's called a it's a two-dimensional two top-down role-playing game. It's uh, set in a fantasy world uh, where someone has stolen this magical enchanted ember flame in your castle uh, and without the ember flame uh, evil creatures have invaded the land and scared all the people away so it's up to you uh, as the as the uh, protagonist to fight off all the evil creatures to find this lost ember and along the way you'll find uh, these 31 chests in different parts of the world uh, inside each chest has some, some money that you can use to buy like equipment Maybe a special item uh, like a piece of armor or, or a weapon uh, or some kind of uh, item that you need to solve another puzzle. Uh, and, and each chest has the real coordinates for a real cache container in the world. And you go out in IRL and in real life to find the uh, actual cache container. Do you have to play the video game to solve the puzzles or is there an alternate way to solve the puzzles? <laughs> Well, I learned uh, a little bit from my previous GeoQuest game uh, that I wrote. I spent a long time writing that interactive fiction game. And when I first made it, I didn't talk to GroundSpeak about it at all. And I said, okay, I can require this you know, third party interpreter to play this game. And I got there all the way through it, came, came time to publish the, the uh, caches. 
And they said, oh, no, you can't require them to download a third-party app. You, you know, so find a different way. So I had to cut half my game and found a way to, to rewrite it in JavaScript. So I learned the hard way uh, that to alter, offer an alternate way to solve each cache. So, each, so on each cache page, there is a uh, encrypted string of characters there. The actual, if you find the the, the cipher, you can uh, decrypt that and find the actual coordinates. So there's uh, you don't have to play the game, but uh, where's the fun of that? I stumbled upon this because I saw a Facebook post that somebody had taken a screenshot of. I think it probably the first cache in the series and said, has anybody done this and know how long it takes to play it? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean to play it? And I looked up the cache and I thought this was such a neat idea. And I've been playing the game and to me, it kind of has, it's not exactly the same, but in a way it reminds me of like the original old school Diablo game when you're yeah. navigating on the board and trying to find treasures and stuff. <laughs> what was your inspiration for this role-playing game? Well, Diablo, uh, I played Diablo. I love that Diablo event. So I, I would say that's maybe one of my inspiration games, but probably my, my main uh, inspiration was the older old school game, Ultima Online. If you ever heard of Ultima Online, it's much older than Diablo. Uh, very similar to EmberQuest, where you go around and, and you try to find and you fight and stuff. Uh, and I've always tried to write a game like that. And I have a couple of times in the past in ANZ graphics. But this is my first real graphical game. Uh, so that was my inspiration, Ultima Online. Ultima Online. I have not heard of that one before. Yeah, very old. <laughs> uh, probably 80s i think 1980s maybe okay. 90s. i'll have to look that one up so we've talked a little bit about what it's like but for somebody who maybe isn't familiar with this type of role-playing game what's the best way to describe what to expect from it well, if if you've uh, it is fairly new. It's not it's not a Sudoku puzzle. It's not a you know it's not a crossword. Um, so those puzzles online, I, I love doing puzzles on on geocaching. So uh, if someone were new to online games, um, yes, that's a hard question because <laughs> I've been around that all my life. I, I, uh, I try to explain it to someone who not a game player uh just try it out and and you know uh, see if you can uh have fun if you don't like it or if you need to get stuck let me know uh try to design the beginning le levels to be very uh tutorial like you have to go a certain way and you have to find a first cast chest in inside a castle somewhere spoiler alert <laughs> and, it, and then there's only one way to leave the castle and it and it teaches you how to fight uh, it teaches you, you know, how to move around. Uh, it teaches you that if you're moving on a path uh, to the forest, you can move faster than if you try to move through a swamp. It slows you down. Uh, you learn that you can't go across water when you're walking, that you have to find a ship to actually go in the water. Uh, and then you use the ships and you can't go, obviously, you can't go on land. 
And once you learn that, you just basically learn more and more. And then eventually you turn into like an open world. You can go any direction and uh, explore all parts of the world. It's, it's a pretty neat game. So one thing I noticed in this game, when you're moving around, the zones are all hexagonal pattern. Yes. Is I, I'm not much of a programmer. So is that typical with Java or was there an option for say like a square zone or why is it hexagonal? So, so it's, uh, it's all JavaScript. There's no job. It's all JavaScript online. Um, the right reason why it's hexagonal hexes instead of uh, squares uh, in the squares up and down game, you can go up three and then to, to the right three and you've moved six, six spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but if you go diagonal, you can get to the same square in three moves or four moves, it depends on how the squares are set up, three, three moves. You can go the same distance in three moves or it took you to go to six moves. So that's kind of cheating in my opinion. So I made it everything hexagonal. So any, any hex away is the same distance, no matter how you get there. Oh, okay. which, made, which made a challenge uh, to the moving and also made a challenge to make the AI for the monsters because they have to know how to move too. They have to know how to run away or, or come in and attack you. And they have to know how to get around mountains, around water. So there's a, uh, a pathfinding algorithm I wrote uh, to, to use for the monsters to find a, a way to get to you so they can attack you. Then the hexes is a, is a lot easier than uh, the squares. Okay. okay. There are about 200,000 squares in the game, or hexagons in the game. So it's a pretty massive world. It's, <laughs> it's pretty big. And doing all the graphics was, uh, was a challenge. Um, but uh, it was fun. Each hex, each hex, each of those 200,000 hexes has their own attributes. Like uh, you can't, it has water. You need, you need to be able to travel on water. You need to be able to travel on land. You need to be able to travel in air in one area. Uh, you pay up me up on that one. Uh, there's a special way you can fly. You can fly. Uh, sometimes you have to actually travel across uh, lava. And there's a special app, uh, reason, special things you need for that. So there's lots of different attributes you need to, to uh, get to these places. And sometimes the, the monsters can fly and you can't. And they can fly over mountains and attack you, but you have nowhere to go. So that's kind of fun. It's very interesting. And there's a wide variety of creatures in the game <laughs> for certain. I mean, I, I've seen everything from bunnies and bears yeah. to yetis and lava monsters and yes. elves and just about any creature you can think of there's some kind of variance. There's one special white vorpal bunny. Uh, and you, some people who uh, like Monty Python might enjoy the reference, but uh, <laughs> yes, there are different, lots of different creatures, uh, sea creatures, pirates and ships, uh, yetis, different. And of course, uh, when I wrote the game, uh, there right now there's like fire uh, resistance, but I had all kinds of ideas, you know, water resistance, cold resistance, uh, poison resistance. I had all these ideas for the game, but I, after a year and a half of writing the game, I was like, okay, I had to, I had to end this sometime. 
So it, it took you a year and a half just to create the game. Year and a half. Yeah. Wow. So in that year and a half, because you're you're writing the game and you're planning the geocaches. So did you how does that work out? Because that's a long time in trying to plan the locations of 31 geocaches. Well, it took about a year to actually write the game before I said it, okay, now's a good time to start like looking for cache locations. Okay. Uh, and then I found out how hard a geo art was to <laughs> to uh, plan the two mile radius uh, restriction to find a, a good place for a, a good cash container without being on private property, uh, a good place for them to park so they don't they're not they're safe uh, while they're while they're caching. Uh, I didn't want it to be too hard terrain because I wanted you know young kids to be able to do it. So all that combined. Plus the GOR restrictions uh, probably took five months to get all 31 cache locations approved and hidden. Did you have to work with the reviewer quite a bit to get this all set up? No, actually, he knows me uh, pretty well. He's stone. Uh, he knows my previous caches and puzzles are. are so I, I've experienced enough now to work with him. I know him well enough that we work pretty well together. Uh, a couple of areas I had to change because uh, I had put it in an area that was clo too close to another puzzle I hadn't solved yet. But uh, other oh. than that, typical stuff, you know, okay. which helped me to solve that puzzle. I, I found out where it was. <laughs> oh, okay. That's for you. Oh, that's funny. That's a funny way to solve a puzzle, trying to place a geocache and find out there's one in that area. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, there's one in the cemetery. Where else would it be? Oh, it has to be around here somewhere. Oh, there it is. <laughs> That's funny. So you've talked about this a little bit, but so you had with your Zork game is when you found out about um, the requirements with ground speak and needing to allow the alternate way of solving the puzzles. Yes. So you knew for EmberQuest what was going on with that. Right. So did you, for when you did EmberQuest, did you have to get, do you need to get approval for each time you do something like that? Or did you just know it was going to be required and, and had it set up and submitted to the reviewer? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even want that to be an issue this time. So I put that alternate solution on every cache at a time. I pre-planned for that. And then I, in my cache notes, when I was uh, publishing them, I explained all that to him. There's an alternate way how to solve it. This is how, this is the key uh, or how to solve it and how to solve it. So he was able to figure out that way that, okay, yeah, he, they don't actually have to play this game. And I, and every, and every uh, cache listing for EmberQuest, I have an alert saying you're about to download a file. Uh, I, I alert the cashier, cashier, you know, ahead of time that you know you're going you're to play, you're going to leave the geocaching site, go to a different site, and play the game. So I try to be as front as uh, forward as I, as I can uh, to try to alleviate some of those problems because a year and a half is too too long to to waste. Yeah. <laughs> so. Having all that 
previous experience and building all this stuff in, did the approval process go smoother for you this time? It was awesome. I, I'm, I, you know, like I said, a couple issues where I uh, too close to another cache. Other than that, um, I had no problems publishing these cash. Okay. Uh, you may have, I actually uh, was awarded last week the uh, cash of the week. Right. Oh, were you? Yes. Uh, so my request uh, was the is the current cash of the week. Oh, that's awesome! Congratulations. Thank you. Year later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's nice to get all this recognition, and uh, I noticed through my stats online that people are playing the game a lot more now. So, do you, you have a way to actually see when people are playing the game? Yeah, my my host, I I, I get stats about. Uh, I don't see who was playing the game. I just see. The number of people playing the game is that from the uh the host site of the game uh right my my uh, my domain name uh host has uh some tr uh, site tracking uh analysis so i get to see uh the, the, the traffic to this to the game i don't know anybody it's all private so i don't know who it is i just know that people and in all of the world i know i know locations so all, all of the world people are playing it now like Lots of people are in Germany are playing it now, Australia. Oh, that's neat. It's it's a neat game to play, even if you're not anywhere in the area to go find the caches. It's a fun experience for yeah. sure. And I will help you solve the game. So those two caches that you have get to find you, let me know later. I will give you hints. Oh, that'd be uh, great because it's driving me nuts. <laughs> some, some people are very peculiar about, you know, you gotta solve this puzzle and you gotta do it the right way. I'm not gonna give you any hints. No, I don't personally it you caching is a game, you know, you can play any way you want to. If you want to sit in your chair and log all the caches found, fly by me. I, I mean, as long as you have fun playing the game or geocaching, I mean it's your it's your life. So it's a way you want to play. I don't, I don't care. So if you wanna if you want a hint, I'll give you a little hint. If you want a lot of big hint, I'll give you a big hint. So let me let me know. So on the stats that you can see, does it show you, it shows you the number of people playing and location. Does it show like an average time spent playing the game? No, uh, I don't see that. That's why um, at the very end, I ask you to send me, I, I do show you all your stats when you finish the game. Uh, how how many times you died, how many enemies you killed or how much money you got. Uh, so I asked people to send me a screenshot of that and it's nice to see, you know, how many, how long people play the game and some people play it a long time. <laughs> Do you get a lot of people sending you those stats? I used to, uh, not any more recently. Hopefully I will see more, uh, soon with everyone, everyone playing now again. So for this game, <clears throat> I've, I've been playing it on my PC, but can you play it on a smartphone? No, it's not, definitely not a phone app. It's, it's a PC game uh, because you need you need the, the the six keys to move A S D W Q W E. That's how you move in your character. Yeah, those six keys kind of threw me off at first trying to navigate. Like I instinctually kept trying to go to the arrow keys. Yeah, usually people play with ASD, W, or the arrow keys because the up and down, left, right uh, 
uh, moving, but since minor, my game is in hexes, you need to be able to move six different directions. So I had to add the Q and the E. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So do you have any advice for anybody that wants to add a video game component like this to their cache series? I'm uh, guessing knowing programming is probably a very good first step. <laughs> absolutely do it. I mean, it, but just know that it, it's hard. Uh, the programming part was probably the easiest part for me. Uh, building all the uh, graphics was probably the hardest part for me. And, and the music. I, um, gathering some music to play. My son is a composer, so he actually composed some, some of the music for me. Oh, wow. Um, but definitely, you know, if you have an idea, but don't start small. Start, uh, you know, start with what's like a flappy cache or something like that. You may have seen that one game. Uh, or start with a small game, small JavaScript game. There's tons of, of tutorials around how to make a game. Okay. I'm thinking of writing a, a couple, a new game in the future. Uh, 3D game using Unity. If you ever heard of Unity, no, like Unreal Engine, Unity Engine. Oh, okay. The, the uh, Unity Engine has awesome 3D graphics, open world, um, like World of Warcraft. Okay. Uh, game, but but uh, not World of Warcraft, but uh, that's a different type, different style. But the all new 3D game. Uh, or even like a virtual reality, like we put on the headgear and like solve a puzzle in a in a, a room, like an escape room or something. Oh wow, that would be interesting. But right now, I I my current project is my Doors of Durin monitor stand project. It's taking me six months or so so far. <laughs> so you mentioned the the Zork series and this one. Is there a nut? Do you have any? other current video game series or is it currently just the two uh i don't have any game series uh but i do have other puzzles uh and i have high terrain puzzle uh, caches i own um but no other puzzle no no, no other game series it's just these just those two okay is there anything else about ember quest that we should know other than it's a lot of fun and people should go check it out. Uh, just know it can be done. Uh, Ember.js is the framework I wrote it in. It's like React or Angular, if, if people have heard of that. Uh, very similar JavaScript frameworks. Uh, AmberQuest itself, uh, it took a long time at night. My wife uh, always said, are you working that stupid game again? I was like, yeah. <laughs> So uh, don't forget to do your chores, <laughs> feed the cats or feed the kids. Yeah, you know, definitely take, feed, take care of the living things yeah, in the house. Ignore, and go out and cash, of course. Go out and, and continue to cash. Don't spend all your time on your keyboard. And you actually made a video for that conference you mentioned before talking right, about uh, it request. Yeah, I, I did a, the speed, uh, a conference video uh, and hopefully you'll put the... Uh, the YouTube URL in the uh, show notes. Definitely. I talk about how the initial, the early parts of the game were written. I show some very early um, 
uh, proof of concepts, uh, my pathfinding, stuff like that. Uh, but that was, I, I, I had, had a conference. I went on a cruise. I hope you like cruising a lot. That's why we have so many countries. And uh, I went on the very last cruise before COVID. I took my son on a spring break cruise in March of 2020. And I was supposed to go to the conference the week after. I came home on Saturday. I was supposed to leave on Sunday. And I found out the conference was canceled because of COVID. I had less than a day to record my talk and send it in. So I scrambled in one day to make this recording of my talk. Uh, oh, wow. Kind of, kind of uh, stressful. But, uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, you you just made it back home under the wire then before everything shut down. It was funny because they were doing a news story out of Miami talking about, oh, yeah, the cruise industry is terrible for this COVID, COVID disease. Uh, you shouldn't go on a cruise. And they're showing the ship in the background in Miami. And you could see me and my son on on top of the deck sailing away. There's our ship they're showing. Oh wow! My wife took a picture of the of TV. It's like there you are. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and then during the during the cruise, we had no, you know, I had no phone service. I didn't know it was canceled until that week. Uh, that was that was a uh, fun to get home because everyone was you know had to wear masks. We had no masks. All the flights were canceled. That sounds absolutely chaotic. <laughs> you, you've been gone for seven to 10 days, I'm guessing, and yeah. you come back and suddenly find out everything oh, has changed in that time you've different. been gone. Yeah, the world is like shut down. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I mean, time that, the almost similar experience I had to that was 9-11 when all the aircraft landed. Oh, uh, the only other experience I was in, I was in the uh, uh, on an airport, and all the all the planes landed at the same time. It was quite the experience. So yikes! I, I, very similar to that, where the world just shut down. Wow, <laughs> that is wild. <laughs> I'd like to keep the you know, hopefully those two are the only you know, world shutting down events I've been into. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, we, we're just kind of really getting to the point where everything's calming down. Yeah, I, I almost back to normal. I don't want to say back. I don't think we'll ever be 100% how we were pre-COVID. So much has changed and technology wise and everything. So many people are just going to work from home from now on, but I am, I am totally remote. I will never go back. <laughs> A lot of people are. Yeah. A lot of people are, and a lot of people enjoy it better. I, yes, I enjoy it. I, it totally ruins no days for kids. I apologize. I'm sorry for that, kids and, and mothers. But uh, <laughs> oh, See, mine, mine is the opposite because my kids' school did not have a virtual option for snow days. Oh, okay. So back in February, we had three snow days in a row which does not happen often in this area. And he was home and I was trying to work from home. <laughs> and my husband had COVID and oh, was no. stuck quarantining in a separate part of the house and couldn't help. And it was all on mom. Yeah. It was a lot. <laughs> I, I don't know how some parents manage it because I had to message my supervisor and said, I'm sorry, I got to take half days for the next two days. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm calling in sick myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, kudos to you for that because uh, there are people who are taking care of their own kids at home, more than one, numerous kids. I don't know how they do it. I don't so, either. Uh, my one keeps me pretty busy. <laughs> he's getting to that age. College, he's, yeah. yeah, he's getting to that age. He's uh, getting to be self-sufficient. And then like when a mess or something happens, he's eight. So he cleans it up like an eight-year-old does. So like there's sure. still milk scattered halfway across <laughs> the counter and things like that that have to be sort of supervised and in a few years uh they'll be in middle school they won't want to talk to you anymore yeah yeah so he's still at that cute age where he wants to do things with you when he becomes a teenager and hides from the world yeah yeah they'll get over that too when they go to college (laughs) well you have a cash highlight for us it is gc1 xb vy and that is geoquest uh okay is that right sure that's my, <laughs> did uh, i get it right <laughs> the vy yeah that's uh that, that's the first one of my geoquest series i wrote in 2009 it's zany squirrel that's one of five uh text-based interactive fiction games um and that is uh, a lot of fun to play. It's probably my oldest uh, puzzles out there. I still keep it around because people like playing the game. So this is uh, the text-based similar to Zork? Right. And you start out and uh, just in front of a mailbox with in front of a White House, just like Zork. And uh, you will get a, uh, you have to wait for some mail and uh, a GPS will arrive in the mail, an online GPS, and you have to figure out uh, in the GPS, you court, you program it to tell it what cache to look for. It will tell you what direction it is and you try to follow it, solve the puzzles, but it's all text-based. Uh, and that was fun to write too, interactive fiction. Uh, that took a long time. So uh, this text-based game, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. So are you actually in the world following the text-based game in real life? Or is it just all text-based and then you come to the end and get the coordinates? Well, it, it's it, uh, you're in a location. You, know, you move around like, like EmberQuest. Uh, okay. No graphics, so it uh, it tells you it has to tell you in text what it what you see, like a, a book. Okay. And uh, and you have a prompt, a computer prompt, where you can type in, like, uh, and for instance, the first scene in in GeoQuest, you're in front of a you see a mailbox, and it says it's closed. You you can say examine the mailbox, and it'll say, um, and type out examine mailbox, and it says the mailbox sits on top of a wooden frame. Painted in white to match the house exterior. It's excruciatingly devoid of mail. Uh, and then you try to, and you'd say, open the mailbox. And it's, you know, it, you say, it, it tells you, you open the mailbox. And you try to move and it says, you got to wait for the mail. And, and you go to the White House and you just, uh, you can ask, ask it to uh, describe the, more in detail about the house or about the mailbox or the path or what you see. And you just try to figure out based on the text clues what 
where to go and what to do. Okay. And there's some there's some humor in there, and I like the puzzles. And my this especially especially has a lot of uh, references to local cashers. There's a lot of like uh, uh, hidden Easter eggs for the local cashers that they would recognize their their name and or or something about them that make that makes them laugh. Oh, that's uh, neat. So not, not, not no other cashier would like get it. They're like, oh, kind of kind of weird weird humor, but the actual cashier. If someone knows the cashier, we get it and laugh too. So, I like a little a little personality in the game. Okay. And so, all five of them, do they all start out the same way? Where you're all five in the series, you're at the mailbox waiting, or do the next ones in the series yep. kind of pick up where the last one left off? So it's all one world, just like Amber Quest. Okay. Uh, so uh, you have to map. It's a good idea to write, draw a map. Uh, when you move, so you can get to back back to where you came from, so you don't get lost. Um, and you, once you find, if you set GPS to a certain cache, once you find it, then you change your GPS to do another cache and solve different puzzles. But it's all the same, same, uh, same world. And the, this one's special, and it has five caches. So you find the first four in the in the game. It gives you the coordinates and you uh, go out in the real world and inside the physical cache in the real world will give you clues to find that you go back to the game and solve, use the clues that you found in the real world in the game to find the fifth cache. And you go oh. out and find the fifth cache. So you need to go out, actually find all the ca four caches. So in order to finish the, the puzzle for the fifth cache. That's interesting. Yeah. I've seen series like that before where you have to collect data to solve for the final but never where you take it and put it back into a video game world to solve that way yeah, yeah. Different that's twists. an interesting twist yeah if, if, if you know me you know i don't like to do things the same way <laughs> i have my own path <laughs> very cool i'm gonna check those out and i'm guessing it's uh all online yes. as well yes. not smartphone friendly game i haven't tried playing this on the smartphone on modern <laughs> i wrote it in 2009 so uh, i'd be curious you might be able to play it on the smartphone now i haven't tried <laughs> so i mean phones are big enough now that you can do it that's true i might i might try the smartphone later when i'm stuck watching youtube yeah. videos with my son because that's all he loves to watch right now is people streaming video games so. that, that is why my son is a music composer he's done that for a decade oh. he will not outgrow that <laughs> he can make money out of that he, can, he should stream his own stuff oh he wants to he, we, yes. he wants to i told him Do when it. he gets to be about 14, 15 in high school, we can start talking about him having his own channel and totally. and, and we'll go from there. But yes, that's if you ask him what he wants to be when he grows up, it's a YouTube star. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is a job profession. I had no idea for the thing <laughs> uh, back in my day. I'm, I'm, I feel old now. It but, astounds uh, me some of the literal empires 
some of these people yes. in their 20s at this point have built just from rich. YouTubing video games and stuff. It's rich. Can't it's amazing. It. From Twitch. And, you know, I can't believe can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> I worked all this hard my entire life. Well, not maybe not very hard, but I worked a lot my entire life to get where I am, and and here this young kids in their early twenties who are multimillionaires. Like okay, just by playing in video little, games and little, putting little. it up on clips. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's a different world for sure. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on and yes. talking to us about EmberQuest and sharing your cash highlight with us. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. So thank you so much. It was fun, Amy. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers, filled with articles and snippets sent in by geocachers just like you. I'm a subscriber myself, and I love it. Check them out today at ftfgeo.com and tell them Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on a show or have a topic you'd like to hear covered? Reach out and let me know. Just go to the geocacheadventures.org website and click on the contact page to reach out. <laughs>